With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Monday, January 9th. And uh, thank you for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Mavericks were bought, brought to you by SeatGeek, uh, SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app, whatever your flavor. Um, SeatGeek has taken a really uh, pain-in-the-ass process and made it pretty simple. They gather up all the tickets, put them in one spot for you, um, so you don't have to surf around a bunch of different sites, have a bunch of different tabs open as prices are literally changing in front of your eyes. No. They put them all there, one spot for you, so don't waste time doing that. They grade the seats for you. Green will be a, a, a good a good value ticket. Red would be bad. You click on your seat, you get to see your sight line even. Um, if you want to go to the uh, Cowboys game this Sunday, the divisional round, uh, Green Bay Packers coming into town. They got that for you. They got Tom Petty and April and Jake. They got Justin Bieber already on sale for July. I'm in. <laughs> get in right now. But uh, what you care about is saving some money, and that's what we can do for you. Um, they make the process easy, and they want to save you a little bit of money. How great is that? Um, when you download the SeatGeek app on your phone, uh, there's a little Me tab on the bottom right. That's basically your account, uh, your account tab or your settings tab. Hit that. There'll be a bar right across the middle that says Enter Promo Code. Guess what? You're going to enter a promo code, and that promo code is going to be LOMAVS, as in Locked On Mavs, and that is $20 off. Your first purchase via the SeatGeek app, they'll mail you a check or send it to your Venmo, however you want your rebate. 20 bucks off the top, saving you some money, getting you out to the events you want to be at. Pretty simple stuff, uh, and we appreciate SeatGeek. I'm Mike. He's Jake. I'm at Machine Sports. He's at NotJackKemp, and the show is at LockedOnMavs on Twitter if you're interested in that. I'll try to post it every day whenever the, uh, whenever the uh, episode gets out of the oven. Um, we're going to do two things today. We're going to do a little bit of a, uh, a weekend recap because there was, um, you know, enough news that probably doesn't need three minutes of talking on each one, but you probably need to be uh, abreast of the situation. And then we're going to talk about Dirk's numbers as a starter and if the Mavericks want to keep on um, playing really bad basketball and even uh, use the T word tanking, keep Dirk in that starting lineup. But uh, let's start out with the weekend stuff. So Mavs lost to the Hawks. On Saturday, 97-82, Atlanta shoots – tell me if you've heard this before. Atlanta shoots 50% from three and is plus six on the glass against the Mavs. That seems like a pretty standard DNA. For yeah, that's pretty much the, that's pretty much the recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And after that loss and after the uh, Phoenix loss, uh, 538 has updated the Mavericks' win projection to 29 wins. Um and according to their projections, their uh, Carmelo um, projections, that would be good for the fifth pick 
in the NBA draft. Um, the Nets are just doing an exquisite job of sucking. They have the 76ers in here, but I think the 76ers are about to get too damn good. Um, they've won four of their last six or four of their last ten. Um, the Heat are really hitting rock bottom, and then the Suns. So those four teams are the only four teams that are projected to have fewer wins than the Mavericks, according to 538, now that we've updated with the uh, the Phoenix and the uh, Atlanta loss. And I think the Sixers also have – like they don't care about being bad anymore. No, I don't think so either. They have – let's see. That Lakers pick. Mm-hmm. A pick swap with Sacramento. Yep. Which is still – Amazing that Sauce Castillo was part of a, <laughs> a pick swap. So yeah, they're not really in the same place the Lakers are, where they're they have an incentive to be bad anymore. Right? Like they're they're getting picks either way. Yeah, I think the Lakers really really want to be bad, but I don't think they can get in that bottom three, and they probably realize that by now. Um, they're projected for thirty one wins. I don't think they can get down there near Miami and uh brooklyn and even who the, whoever the worst team in the west is i don't think the lakers can catch them uh, in terms of <laughs> losing so that pick will probably go to philadelphia and uh what else this weekend um mark stein reported that the mavs were not necessarily fielding offers for west i think he just basically put it in polite terms as uh they were receiving phone calls and just answering and hanging up um which is very interesting to me just to know that uh i don't know th- i mean Stein is obviously very close with this front office, and if they tell him something, he's not going to, like, uh, go, wait, are you, are you yanking me around a little bit? But it would probably help the Mavericks to uh, have other GMs going, wait, there's a bidding war for Wes Matthews at hand? <laughs> like, uh, maybe we need to get in on that. But I thought that was really interesting. Maybe that'll come yeah. – maybe that'll heat up and we'll uh, have some more talk about um, on that front. Uh What's- what would you – what's the value there? Oh, man. I don't know. I, I really don't. Like, I mean, when you throw in the salary that you've got to match the salary um, or get at least close, you probably get up to like $14 million. Um, it gets really tricky. But I would – mid-first-round pick. Um, let me look at the teams that are around there. Uh, let's see. Knicks, Kings, Timberwolves, Pistons, Wizards, Trailblazers. Looks like that middle gaggle of teams. Oh, and Pelicans, I guess. God. I, I'd feel bad for just shipping him away for something that's going to be outside of a lottery pick. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he's... (laughs) He's playing really well. And also, that contract is... 15% 15% of the cap. Yeah, it's not bad. And he and, so he and Barnes work together. So, yeah. I mean, unless you're unless somebody just is really thirsty for him and says, like, let's make this happen. I'll give you a first and a young player. Like, if the Pelicans wanted to give you their first and, like, uh, check Diallo, I'd probably say yeah on that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I've watched a lot of check Diallo. Um, <laughs> you might be <laughs> – you might be a little bit more familiar with his game than I am. He's but really a, stinking good. A 38% three-point shooter who scores 16 a night, plays more minutes than anybody, and can lock down the other teams two, maybe one every night. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I'm I know the Mavericks it. wouldn't do that. I'm not. I'm not saying the Mavericks would, but I'm putting. I'm sliding into that uh, GM leather, leather chair. Um, Although that would be the seventh overall pick right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then yeah, I would. <laughs> Top ten pick and and check Diallo. 
I thought the Pelicans were better. They're getting better. Like they're gonna they're gonna end up north of probably thirty two wins or so, especially if they do it if they pull off a Millsap trade or whatever, but then you would be probably not in the same boat to get West Matthews right. if they do that. It's probably a similar asset. Um except Millsap's a little bit higher, I would believe. Um I don't know. Hopefully that starts materializing a little bit more and they're put in a tough position where they have to make a decision on the future of West Matthews. Um, because that's that's what a healthy franchise kind of has to do, um, and one that should be rebuilding, despite how ornery they are about it. Um, another interesting thing in terms of trade rumors, um, the Bla- there was a report that the Blazers are eyeing Tyson Chandler. And, uh, <coughs> pardon me, why that matters to us is we would really like Andrew Bogut to go to the, the Portland Trail Blazers. And I think just on the surface, if I'm a team that's um, – it's tough because I think Bogut's probably more sound and more consistent whenever he's on the court defensively. But Tyson Chandler's almost to that level. I don't even know anymore, honestly. Um, he has that inside of him to be to that level, but he can also pick and roll and rim run. So I think Tyson's a better asset than Bogut, but I really don't know. And I nah, I'm going to say he definitely is. He definitely is. It's not even related to the Pizzagate thing. I just think there's not that, <laughs> I just don't know how many like I don't know how many teams can start Bogut. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. And I think like I think that first of all the Blazers don't know how to quit. <laughs> They're almost becoming annoying in that regard. Right. <laughs> but I think I think that you can you might not be able to play you might be able to totally play them the same amount of minutes. Mhm. But Tyson feels like a starter. Bogut feels like a, a a bench big to me. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't checked his at the rim numbers in a while, but I've Ooh. been thoroughly unimpressed, man. Like his passing is top notch. His screen game is still impressive, but defensively, I just I don't know that he has much left. Yeah, no, I feel you. Like I I was kind of souring on him before he got sent to the bench and before all his you know his. Uh, his Twitter fund started, so it just kind of helped. It just kind of grabbed onto his ankle and started pulling him down even more. So um, I don't think he's that great, but if a team thinks that he's a missing piss, m- missing piss, yeah, uh, miss- missing piece to their bench unit, um, then come on. Let's get that uh, late first-round pick. Let's get Boston's uh, uh, their like Cavs pick next year or whatever it is. Um, and then, uh, the Mavs waived Pierre Jackson, um, basically in hopes that they can bring him back on a 10 day deal. They just didn't want to guarantee his money. So there you go. There's your weekend, uh, recap. Um, and the issue of the day that I think we should probably touch on before something changes. And because one of the, um, the little experiments that was, um, thought to give some kind of, uh, yay or nay on this situation happened Saturday night, and the Mavs actually had their normal projected starting lineup from the um, the beginning of the season. And Darren, Wes, Barnes, Dirk, and Bogut. And Dirk had been saying, um, you know, people started asking Dirk about going to the bench because his numbers with the starting unit um, were awful. Um, whenever it was uh, Williams, Wes, Finney Smith, Barnes, and Dirk. 
they had in 48 minutes this season, they had an 80 offensive rating, a 123 defensive rating. You can do the simple math. That's a negative 42 um, with a 37% rebound percentage. So they sucked when Dirk started at center. Um, and he kept saying, you know, I would go to the bench if that's what's, uh, what's required, but I'd really like to see what this starting unit looks like whenever everyone is back. And that starting unit basically being Bogut center, Dirk, Barnes, uh, Wes, and Darren Williams. Well, Saturday night we got it. And they've now played uh, 39 minutes together in that starting unit. And their offensive rating is 61.4, 97.9 defensive rating for a negative 36.6. The rebounding percentage goes up, obviously, because Bogut's on the floor. But uh, they're awful. However you cut it with Dirk in the starting lineup. And I don't know exactly who's to blame. I don't I can't like honestly blame um just Dirk outright, but I mean it's pretty clear. They get nuked defensively when he's on the courts and they can't rebound the basketball. And I think a move to the bench, if you're trying to win games even, if that's what you're really, really trying to do, um he's gotta go to the bench. And he's got to play with Berea in pick-and-pop situations and raise hell for other teams' bench units because it doesn't work. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think it, not just in terms of what, how it works this year. They just have to figure out what they're going to do with him next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going. I still don't think he's going to retire. I don't think so. I mean, this year's been so weird. So if he's not going to retire, there's just no way you can start Dirk at power forward next year. Yeah, that's <laughs> Or whatever impossible. that word even means anymore. You're, you're, basically, you can't start him, period, because you need a rim runner and you need Barnes to start at the four. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if Dirk is on your team, and I still think he can be a pretty effective guy in 23 to 26 minutes a night, he cannot deal <clears throat> with most other teams starting front courts anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I, I feel like it's a disservice to him to make him try. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem you get into with any of these situations is he's not like a <clears throat> he's not a rookie. <clears throat> what he wants to do does matter. If he doesn't want to go to the bench, then they're probably not going to send him to the bench. And so, to me, this is a really hard conversation because you could make the case that over the past five years that a large part of the reason that they are where they are, and it's not a personal thing, like it's Dirk personally has done this, and he's personally asked them to do this. But you can make the case that a large part of the reason they are where they are over the last five years is because they were trying to do things for Dirk. Yeah. Like they were trying to sign. They they didn't – I always think this is interesting, man, where people are like, oh, they've really uh, ruined the end of Dirk's career because they haven't drafted well. I'm like, well – Sit down and let me tell you a story about what would have happened if they would have started playing rookies right after uh, the title. (laughs) He would have been gone. Yeah. And maybe that would have been fine if you're okay with that. But I love it when people are like, well, they they, they don't have any young talent. They wasted the end of Dirk's career. Like the dude flat out said, if we were playing a bunch of rookies, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. So he pretty much communicated to them that he wanted them to – Signed veterans, signed free agents. Now, he probably would have preferred that they keep the team together, uh, that they re-signed Tyson. And, frankly, if you would have left it up to Dirk, they would have re-signed Berea. 
yep. after the title. And then the next year, the year that nobody wants to talk about, after they re-signed Tyson and Berea, he probably would have preferred that they re-signed Kid and Terry, who one of which was out of the league 16 months later, and the other one is was a shell of his former self. But if you leave it up to Dirk, that's what they would have done from the start. Oh, of course. So, But they, you know, the other path they took was, we're going to try to throw as much money as guys that Dirk doesn't have to train and Mm -hmm. teach how to play right from Jump Street. So you could make the case that a large part of the way way that they are post-title is because they're trying to help and placate Dirk. So he kind of, it's, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like Kobe where he's like holding them hostage. It's nothing like that because of the way that Dirk has approached it money-wise, the way that he's approached it as far as helping young players. But at the same time, it's kind of all been about him. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that if they decide that they want to move Barnes back to the three because they want Dirk to be happy, that would be really disappointing. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of team building and actually making your team better quicker and into the future – uh, it's exactly like Kobe. You're team building left-handed. Uh, you're team building without, uh, with different motives uh, at hand. And people remember how great, you know, like San Antonio made it work with like Duncan and uh, these like one or two like real shining examples of how to usher out a superstar. Um, those are extremely rare. That doesn't happen. That's why you remember them. <laughs> um And this situation is a lot like a lot of situations they're about to dip their toes into, which is you can make the right decision and make the right move, but you have to be okay with it not working out perfectly. Uh, Like if you move Dirk to the bench and they still aren't any better in the win column, is that okay with him? Um, And it's like do you if you take the right first two steps in terms of a rebuild and it doesn't work out immediately – are you okay having some kind of patience and being able to stand up there and say the word process over and over? Um, and, I mean, I don't have to talk to the dude every day. I wouldn't have to be the one that goes in there and says this next, uh, these next 18 months of your career just don't matter to us. But that's kind of how it goes. Um, and if they want to take the easy way out and start him the rest of the season uh, at the four or the five or whatever – and just because he's Dirk and start him there, I'm fine with that. That's the easy way out. That's probably not their best uh, path to winning games, which I'm also okay with. But, yeah, this there's not a good way to handle this in terms of you can't set yourself up for the future and treat your star uh, the way he should be treated. Those yeah. two paths are not on the same stinking road. So it's fascinating. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out pretty quick um, because that starting lineup did not work, and I don't think it will going forward. But uh, all right, tomorrow we might uh, talk about some – Real GM put out a thing about the max cap space available for each NBA team heading into next offseason. We might talk about that. And we got a game tonight, Uh, T-Wolves, 7 p.m. in Minnesota. (laughs) There are three teams – or there's three games tonight. Um. And all three of those teams play on Fox Sports Southwest. So we're going to have, like, the busiest night ever while the national championship of college football is happening. I'm going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, tonight, Timberwolves, 7 p.m., DVR, watch in the morning, whatever. I know you're going to watch Clemson, Alabama. But uh, thank you for your time, and uh, thank you for listening. Jacob, hope you feel better, bud. All right, man.
Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031.18 and $38 per line per month for five lines without a pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, streams, you know, KHC 1080p, music to 1.5 megabits per second, gaming up to 8 megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network, your tools and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features differ, coverage and offer not everywhere, restrictions apply.